Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The boys are back in town, and by in town, I mean on Amazon Prime, and I've got my thoughts on the whole series right now. This review is brought to you by Storyblocks, which gives you access to over 1 million pieces of footage, music, images, sound effects, and more. Check out storyblocks.com Dan and stay tuned till the end of this review for more info. Hello, everybody. I'm Dan Merle here with my thoughts on The Boys. The third season just premiered last night. The episodes dropped a little bit early. It was the first three episodes of season three. The Boys premiered on Amazon back in 2019 from creator Eric Kripke, who also is behind Supernatural. The show's based on the comics from writer Garth Ennis, who also wrote Preacher and a bunch of stuff for The Punisher and many, many other comic books. And prior to last week, I really didn't know much about this show at all. I had heard about it and that a a lot of people enjoyed it. We did some promotional stuff when I was still with Screen Junkies and Fandom, but I wasn't part of the team that was writing that stuff, so I, I didn't see the show then. I was gone by the time they did the Honest Trailer for the Boys in 2020, so this had just sort of evaded my net with me watching movies and everything else. It was always on that perpetually growing list of things to watch at some point. I knew that the show was dark. I knew it had something to do with superheroes. I knew that Carl Urban was in it. But that's about where it ended until last week when I got the screener link from Amazon for the entire third season and decided, you know, I've heard so much about this show. Why don't I just binge it, catch up on the previous two seasons, watch this third season to do a review for the channel? And the channel actually came in second place when I was thinking about why I was glad I watched The Boys because the thing that came in first place was that I love this show. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you my thoughts on the first two seasons that have been out now for a couple of years, and there will be some spoilers for those seasons in there as I talk about them. And then I'll give you my thoughts on the third season, which I will not have any spoilers for because, uh, as I said, the first three episodes just dropped last night. There are going to be new episodes weekly through early July. So we'll have some spoiler talk a little bit. I won't go into everything about the first two seasons. And then my basic thoughts without spoilers on season three. The thing that I love the most about The Boys is that it actually pulls off what so many other shows have not been able to do, which is that it juggles multiple tones, satirizes multiple targets, it features an ensemble cast with multiple storylines that are all meaningful and that actually intersect each other in ways that make sense. I know this kind of sounds like TV show 101, but any one of those things to me is impressive if I see a show do it well. The Boys does all of them well. This isn't just a genre show that kind of coasts on the superhero fad. Yes, it is about superheroes nominally, but it's so much more than that, and a lot of it has to do with the tone of the show. The Boys is incredibly dark, but not depressing. It's funny, but also full of drama that makes you care about these characters. And while the show is packed with shocking moments. I mean, my jaw dropped at least once per episode. It never feels gratuitous or like they're just doing things to get a reaction out of the audience. All of these big shocks have a purpose, either for character or for story reasons, and that keeps the show from kind of beating you into submission, especially as I binge this. I watched a lot of The Boys in the last week or so. If this show didn't have as much care behind the story and the characters, it would have felt like a lot of overload, and it did not feel like that at any point for me. 
I've said before that I don't do reaction videos here on this channel because I'm just not generally a very emotive viewer. It's not that things don't appeal to me or that I don't have reactions to things. I'm just not somebody who kind of goes like, ooh, ah, ee, when I watch things, which is, I think, the appeal for a lot of reaction videos. The Boys is a show that makes me do that. There was at least one time per show, usually multiple times per show, where I was either wincing or gasping or just kind of laughing in disbelief or just had my jaw drop because I couldn't believe that the show was going to the places that it was going. But it wasn't in that sort of like middle school way, like, screw you, dad, I'm going to say a bad word, or I'm going to show or do these crazy things. It didn't seem like it was almost doing it to spite the audience. Again, it was all in service of building this universe, this cohesive universe where anything goes, because this is very much a fictional world. It looks and sounds a lot like our world, but it is the far more extreme version of it. And because they do such a great job of building that world, the extreme things that happen don't seem gratuitous just to be gratuitous. I think another reason why The Boys really works for me is that it is exceptionally well done satire, which is not easy to do. It takes the whole spectrum, politically, socially, and just takes a flamethrower to everything, but not in this sort of inaccurate way where it's just all grim nihilism. And it's like, again, sort of the middle school Avril Lavigne thing of like, ugh, ugh, I hate everything, I hate everybody. It's a lot smarter than that because it realizes that you don't have to pick one extreme or the other. And at the same time, it's able to achieve some of the things that they're satirizing the shortcomings of in other parts of the culture or in politics. This is a show that I think is able to mock the exploitation of women's issues by corporations through cynical girl power entertainment. Don't worry. Girls get it done. While also providing several strong female characters. One of the main characters of the show, Homelander, is an absolute monster who exploits his position as a revered figure to turn the public against the mainstream media and spin his own version of reality. Right before these godless, inhuman supervillains started pouring across our borders and dragging us down into their mud. I can't think of a more on-the-nose satirical political message than what I just described, and yet it never feels that way. It never feels like they're going, uh, uh, see, politics, uh. It is completely inherent to that character. And we are making a donation to Samaritan's Embrace in his name. Absolutely. Thoughts and prayers. The Boys doesn't feel like somebody trying to take their fictional world and like hold up a mirror to our own world. This feels like a mirror universe, a parallel universe, where the same things are happening there that are happening here. It's just over here in the Boys universe, everything is cranked up to an 11. And in putting the excesses and the hypocrisies of both the left and the right squarely in its crosshairs, Brave made pride boys, because you can't be proud on an empty stomach. The Boys is one of the most overtly and unapologetically political shows that I've seen in a very long time, and yet a quick scan through the internet seems to indicate that it is not getting the same kind of criticism and baying and just generating video after video of people outraged, people that are usually very, very sensitive to any hint or a whiff of politics in their entertainment. I don't see that kind of reaction to The Boys. 
maybe it's because all parties are being addressed here, and so it doesn't seem like the show is being explicitly biased to one side or the other. But I also suspect that there are a lot of people who love watching The Boys every week, but will go on the internet or go on Twitter right after they watch the show and bemoan the fact that they can't watch any TV or movies anymore without politics being injected into it. I think that's the sign of a well-constructed universe and a well-constructed story and well-written characters that you can put those things in the show and yet the show doesn't draw attention to it. That's not what you're focused on. You're focused on the overall big picture. I think that's where art and politics should combine, quite frankly. If there's a common enemy for all sides on this show, it would be Vought International, which is the corporation who owns and controls all of these superheroes, or soups, as they're called on the show. And one of my favorite things about the show is how The Seven, who's the main team of superheroes, are really only heroes to generate ad revenue and sign endorsement deals and star in really poorly produced Vought TV shows and movies featuring themselves. Because let's be honest here, if tomorrow, the Disney company was able to create their own superheroes. I can guarantee you that you would see them signing autographs at Epcot Center way more than you would see them out in the streets fighting crime. The endless array of Vought products is a great running joke in the series, and I think it's a perfect counterbalance to the dark of the darkness. And I think that that's one of the great things about this show, once again. It's about so many real-world issues. We're talking about corporate control, corrupt politicians, media manipulation, abuse of power, the fear and helplessness of being literally powerless in the face of those who are manipulating the system. And yet, after I watch an episode of The Boys... I'm never depressed. It doesn't ask you to wallow in it and join in its misery. Instead, it takes all those terrible things, flips them in the bird, eviscerates them, spits on them, and then has sex with the viscera. It's a show that's both the ultimate fantasy and the ultimate nightmare. The cast of the show is uniformly great. Carl Urban and Anthony Starr in particular, how they have not received mainstream awards consideration is beyond me at this point. As Butcher, Carl Urban is part Jack Sparrow, part Michael Caine. You find this Liberty Slag, see what you can rumble. You jump through a few hoops for the Colonel, and she'll help you the same way she helped me. I think it'd be really easy for Butcher to become a one-note, repetitive character, but Urban and the writers keep peeling the layers of this onion away, and season three gets deeper than I think we've ever been in the series, without getting into too many spoilers, to getting to the core of Butcher and who he is. There's still development and character development and growth going on in season three, and yet the characters never felt static at any point in the series. I have also never heard a character who so prolifically uses one particular profanity, and it's something that I can't really say without getting demonetized here. Let's just say that Butcher is seeing a lot of people next Tuesday. Anthony Starr is so good as Homelander, who is an absolute horror of a superhero. The worst case scenario imaginable when you think of a person who's been given godlike superpowers. You called me dad. <laughs> Homelander keeps spiraling so hard and finding even lower depths to the evil that he's capable of, and yet Anthony Starr never makes him unwatchable or even in a weird way unlikable. You hate Homelander, and yet you want to keep watching him and you want to see what he's doing next. It's almost like watching between your fingers in a horror movie because you do want to see the kill that's coming up. 
Homelander's arc this season in season three, again, without getting into spoilers, also taps even more into this idea of the wrong person having this incredible power and finding people who will not only support his evil deeds, but cheer him on in doing them. I could honestly spend two hours talking about all the cast members of The Boys because I think that this is one of the deepest benches as far as actors on television. But to briefly address the regulars, Jack Quaid is our everyman Huey and watching him descend into hell is equal parts horrifying, depressing, and humorous. I also have to give extra props to Quaid for being covered in viscera and guts for approximately half of the show's run and giving even more of himself this season. Aaron Moriarty is Starlight, the super version of Huey, the new member of the team in season one. Every time I thought I knew where Starlight's story was going, the writers took her in a really new, interesting direction, and I love that. I also love that her relationship with Huey, when you think you know which way it's going to go, if it's like, oh, they're going to break up, or oh, they're going to be happy, they swerve, and they serve you something that you weren't expecting. It's something that they do throughout the entire show, but that I especially enjoy with Starlight's character and her and Huey together. Dominique McElligot as Queen Maeve pops in and out of the main storyline, but her conflict as a tenured hero who's just now understanding the evil being perpetrated in the name of good is well played, as is her frustration by having her own personal life exploited by Homelander and Vought at every turn. I think that Jesse T. Usher as A-Train had a great season one arc before kind of taking a bit of a backseat in season two, but he's got a really solid arc in this season that I think serves to advance his character in some really unexpected ways. And then we have Laz Alonzo as Mother's Milk, who's Butcher's right-hand man, but also a guy who has a sensitive side. He's trying to do right by his family. He's trying to do right by his daughter. And this is another case where this could have been a very stock character, the tough guy right hand to butcher. And yet we see so many of these characters' sensitivities and you learn so much about who he is. And again, with Mother's Milk this season, we get even deeper into the person that he is underneath, which makes that exterior, to me, even more compelling. And honestly, the list goes on. Chase Crawford is great as the deeply damaged superhero of the Deep who's fighting to be let back into the Seven. We see some unspeakable acts committed to and by and for him in Season 3. Tamer Capone and Karen Fukuhara as Frenchie and Kamiko are a great pair, a human and a super who share a very familial bond. Colby Menefee as Ashley, who took over for Elizabeth Shue in season two, really finds herself in way too deep in this third season. I think this is likely, and I haven't done a whole lot of behind-the-scenes research on the show, a role where the character maybe wasn't supposed to be in the show past season one, and the producers and writers just like that actor so much because she's not a very likable character, uh, but, but we also see her advance as her role in Vought advances throughout the seasons. Giancarlo Esposito is Stan Edgar, who's the head of Vought, the guy who controls the real power, the money, and if you want gravitas and menace and a great guest star to come in and just add some authority to your show, you really can't do better than Giancarlo Esposito. While you're preening at the Golden Globes, we're busy running around like maniacs trying to clean up the mess you made. And a special shout out to IA Cash as Stormfront, who came in and dominated season two as a literal Nazi looking to recreate the master race through super genetics. She's left in very unheroic condition at the end of season two, and there may or may not be more to her story as we go into the third season. They want to wipe us from this earth just because of the color of our skin. Really? It's called white genocide. 
Looking backwards into the first two seasons, before I talk a little bit about season three, there are a few standout moments and sequences. The death of Huey's girlfriend, Robin, to kick off the series contains all of the hallmarks of the show. Shock, gore, gratuitous violence, dark humor, anger, heartbreak. It's a perfect table setter for the show as a whole. Similarly, Huey's murder of Translucent in the second episode proved that this show wasn't afraid to kill off major characters or defy expectations, and I think that's something that really sets the stakes on this show. You truly do feel that nobody is safe, that any of these characters could go at any time. Episode 4 of the first season, which is called The Female of the Species, really starts to put Homelander in perspective. He was just kind of a dick before this episode, but in episode 4, he lets a plane full of people die in order to cover up his own incompetence. It is an event that still echoes throughout the show, and it was just the tiniest sliver of the real Homelander that we're still finding out new things about. Episode 5 of Season 1 has some great moments as Butcher uses a baby with laser eyes to fight guards in a hospital. If you're watching The Boys and you get to this episode and this scene turns you off or you feel like it's not quite your bag, just turn around at that point because it only gets crazier from there. That was diabolical! I mentioned Elizabeth Shue briefly before. She was a real standout in the first season as Madeline Stilwell, Homelander's de facto boss who also had one of the most effed up relationships with him that I've seen between two characters. Her storyline's end was a huge shocker for me. I think that the deep struggle with self-image in season two also added some much-needed dimension to what had kind of been a one-dimensional character, and I think that Chase Crawford really brought a lot to his role last season. And speaking of the deep, have you ever seen somebody drive a speedboat through a whale? Well, we see that in episode three of season two, which was another jaw-dropping moment that left me absolutely stunned at just how grotesque this show was willing to be. By the way, this is topped by something that happens pretty early on in the first episode of season three, which I won't reveal here, but if you have seen episode one of season three, I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. Episode seven of season two also provided some great moments, particularly the choices of Lamplighter, who has fire powers, but was played in an ironic twist by the former Iceman from the X-Men film, Sean Ashmore. And then we had the congressional hearing, which is further proof that every time you think you know where this show is heading, it is going to take you into a completely unexpected direction. So, what about Season 3 without going into spoilers? Well, the good news is that if you liked Season 1 and Season 2, this is a perfect extension of those two seasons. It's another eight really solid episodes that keep you gasping, keep you shocked and stunned, take you to surprising places, reveal new things about all of our characters, and leave us in a place where it feels like there's been a great narrative arc to the eight episodes that we've seen, but also leaves us incredibly intrigued to see exactly what's going to happen next. That's one thing that I love about shows that are able to do in-season story arcs. When you get to the end of a season, you don't feel ripped off because it leaves you on a cheap cliff cliffhanger it actually does feel like we started here and we ended here and we have that satisfaction but you're also opening up all of these interesting new story ideas for season four that could go any number of ways that's exceptional television writing and the boys has delivered that every step of the way and when you think about it it's kind of remarkable i was trying to remember a show that didn't really see much of a stumble through its first few seasons and i couldn't think of one uh, not even Breaking Bad. I think that Breaking Bad in its second season had a little bit of a rough trip 
is it was kind of doing that whole flash forward, flashback plane crash thing, which I thought was a little bit contrived when we got to the end of it. And then from season two, it went from being a really good television show to like one of the best TV shows ever. But almost every single great TV show somewhere along the way gets a little lost, like the TV show Lost did, uh, which got lost a few different times during its run. This show has always been so confident in what it is and the story it's trying to tell. And if we get to the end of this run, however many seasons it's going to be, this could be one of the most consistent shows as far as quality, if these other seasons can keep up with the first three, that any of us has ever seen. And it's not just all the old new heroes and characters. There are a lot of new developments this season. There's a new variant of Compound V, the serum that gives heroes their powers that complicates things for all of our characters. Homelander finds himself wielding as hard as it is to believe both more power and more responsibility, which exposes him to even more potential to be taken down. Although if there's one thing we've learned about Homelander, he doesn't really mind exposing himself. We also have Huey and his new boss, Congressman Newman, who are looking to take the soups down the legal way with Butcher as an unhappy ally who's not quite used to working within procedure. And this is all just the jumping off point for where this season goes. There's so much more in store, including the introduction of a new character who's played by Jensen Ackles, who is a very key figure in the mythology of Vought, the mythology of the Seven, the mythology of Homelander, and I think in many ways the mythology of this show going all the way back to the first season and even before that. I also think that every main character is given something meaningful to do this season. Some of it gets resolved, some of it doesn't get resolved, but they all end up in interesting new places from where we find them in the first episode. I mean, flat out, The Boys is one of the best TV shows that's on television currently. I know it sounds weird to say on television because it's all streaming, but as far as episodic dramas, broadcast, streaming, I don't care where it is, The Boys is right up there. And I really, really do regret that I did not catch up with it until now. However, that is a mistake that I am not going to repeat in the future because I will be there the day that new episodes drop from here on out as long as The Boys keeps producing new seasons. So what do you think? Did you catch the first three episodes of The Boys? Have you not seen the show? Did I maybe sway you to watch it? Because the show is not necessarily going to be for everybody. It is very, very gory. It is very, very dark. But if you like that kind of stuff, if you can hang with the most extreme of the show's sensibilities, I think you're really going to enjoy it. Let me know down in the comments below. And before I wrap up, I want to thank the sponsor for today's video, Storyblocks. Making your own stuff for YouTube or wherever you're making video content is not an easy job, and any tool that you can find to help you along the path is much appreciated. And Storyblocks is one of the best tools that I've found to help people who are making their own stuff upgrade their projects without breaking their budget. Storyblocks has an ever-growing library of 4K and HD footage, After Effects and Premiere Pro templates, music, images, sound effects, and more to give you everything you need to bring your stories to life. And it is always growing and demand-driven. All of these assets are also royalty-free, so you can use your downloaded content anywhere for commercial and personal use. And the Storyblocks Unlimited All Access Plan gives you unlimited downloads for the over 1 million plus assets in their library, so you can find the perfect fit, create more, and spend less without sacrificing quality. There's so many things that you can find on Storyblocks. I even went on and found some things that are specific to the boys that you could throw into any of your boys-related videos, like this. This is a, a picture of a whale. There's two whales actually here. Don't worry, no speedboats are going to ram through them. 
If you like Homelander and his son, Ryan, look at this. Here's a little superhero and his dad. That's almost kind of like a Homelander salute. You can find that footage on Storyblocks. This is a picture of an actual butcher. Carl Urban doesn't play a real butcher, at least not yet, but here's one. And if you're planning to throw a watch party for the boys, it might look a little something like this. Look at that guy jumping around with his cape on. He's having a great time, just like everyone else watching this show. If you need it, chances are Storyblocks has it, and you can choose a plan that works for you from their selection of flexible subscriptions that scale to give you all the content and tools you need to focus on creating and not worrying about budget. And you can find out more right now by heading over to storyblocks.com slash Dan. That's S-T-O-R-Y-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com slash Dan, D-A-N, to check out their library and find the plan that's right for you. Thanks so much to Storyblocks for sponsoring the show, and thank you for watching. I'll be back very soon with the latest box office news, reviews, and everything else in the world of entertainment. Until next time, stay safe, and I'll see you then. Bye.